Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and alongside Rachel Burford, the England and Harlequins Centre. How are we doing, Rachel? Uh, all well, your end? How's, uh, how's training progressing down the Lensbury? Yeah, all is well. Listen, thanks, Johnny, for asking. Um, yeah, quite exciting at the weekend. We had a little in-house game against each other, so... Sunday was a bit of a struggle, but no, all good this end. So what, what position were you playing and who were you up against head-to-head? So we, obviously, we were just going against each other. I was in the centre of Ellie Green at 10 and I was opposite against, the, they mixed the, the centres up a little bit on the opposite side, but had um, Izzy Mayhew and Charlie Wellbeloved. So, yeah, it was good to to kind of approach a real game I mean training is one thing we, you try and get yourself as much as possible up for a um, training session and have all the intent and everything but we were giving our teams last Thursday we prepped on Thursday we went into the game on Saturday as if it was a real game and and it definitely felt like one we had a real referee <laughs> not mm. not um Gerard's trying to referee poorly like he did on Thursday um but no it was just really good it almost felt you know, like it was normal until we had to till the whistle blew, and then we all had to go two metres apart again. And did you did you take your your hands that um, you published on social media into the game? Those uh, wonderfully slick hands. Mm, a couple of occasions, but I'm going to have to say I think we defended the majority of the time, or certainly that's what it feels like now. Right. So how uh, how, how long has it taken you to get over the bumps and the bruises? Uh, I'd say I'm almost there. <laughs> Mid-afternoon on Monday. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Oh, well, look, um, another lady who, uh, yeah, it's that kind of, that the other side of 25, should I say, uh, politically. <laughs> I great. actually... I actually spoke to this. I spoke to Katie, and we had a little giggle about the fact that we're the oldest in the team by some way. Nice. What were you sort of um, comparing cross-stitch uh, patterns and stuff, or...? Johnny, not that far. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, we look, we've got a really, really cool cool show uh, ahead today. Looking at the uh, the new outfits for the Premier 15s. If, and we're still big question mark, shadows, darkness um, over sort of any official announcement, but um, the 10th of October is apparently the, the start of the Premier 15s. Yes, we've got um, Dame Katie Daly McLean on the show to talk us through everything that's going on up at Sale and obviously them starting out. And uh, we also hear from Susie Appleby down the other end of the country uh, from a coach's point of view, all the various challenges to, uh, that have come her way in setting up the uh, the franchise down at the Exeter Chief. The boys are doing pretty well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the girls go as well. And, and of course, we'll have all the news from around the world, including news from uh, down in New Zealand, where the Farah Palmer Cup continues. And your shout-outs. I'm Annie Keebliss, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, it's time to get our, our first very, very special guest on a World Cup winner, World Cup winning captain... Uh, MBE, but uh, as we uh, sort of said at the beginning of the show, Dame Katie Daly McLean joins us now. Um, how are you, Dame? <laughs> Hello, how are you both? I'm, I'm very well, very well, thank you. Enjoying the northern sun. Is it sunny up there? Is it today? It is. The sun is out. Blue skies, birds oh, in the trees. What more do you need? You're fibbing. I reckon anybody who lives up north just makes out it's sunny. So <laughs> I know where it is. <laughs> it actually genuinely is. Sweating here. Great stuff. How's uh, how's motherhood treating you? Yeah, good. 
yeah, no, it's very good. It's um, tiring, but I love nursery days, so. <laughs> <laughs> How's the sleep? <clears throat> yeah, no, good sleeper. She's a good sleeper, which is ideal, so. And to be honest, I think I'm partially deaf anyway, so I don't hear anything if she does wake up. Sorry? <laughs> Are you using your um, your old career to help teach her anything? We're big fans of Frozen too in our household, so a uh, bit of singing and, and creative dancing, you know, all my uh, natural talents. Oh my God, the poor, poor girl, so watching <laughs> your dancing. <laughs> well, I can only imagine what the, what the singing is like, unless you want to give us a quick burst now. It's not on a Monday. No, <laughs> fine. We'll ring you tomorrow. No, um, I, I, I remember when the when, when the boys were young, actually looking forward to to going away for for outside broadcast for the weekend. We actually got to sleep in a hotel bed. And of course, you uh, were in England cap last week. Did you thoroughly look forward to to actually having a, a night yeah. away from, from the little one? And, and how I was mean, camp as well? Yeah, I've, I've got to be honest. Getting in. Uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit sad times at the moment obviously with COVID and everything that's going on in the world uh, we're now in, in single rooms and, and so no some in, in, charge, in charge of my own kind of time and it's just a little bit stressful but I'm looking for not for me on the way to dinner and for breakfast um, so that was good I wasn't late it was good it was really good to be back in and see the girls uh, it felt like a really really long time kind of the last time we were in camp obviously uh, prepping for the, the Wales game so it was really nice to kind of get back in see everybody um, and kind of start to kind of build I suppose to, towards that final Six Nations game Is it like that classic scenario where you haven't seen anybody for ages but as soon as you're all together again it's like you haven't been away yeah. I think it's yeah, literally everybody's like fun to find I mean obviously like we've touched on kind of the whole Covid kind of um remit I think it makes it a bit different obviously we had to be two metres away and you kind of put all those bits and pieces but yeah it's literally like you saw people last weekend uh, so yeah it's, it's it's nice it's like which is good uh, Katie we had your um, arch enemy slash best friend on uh, last week uh, Dame Scarrett and um, Dame Scarrett she's not a dame she's not old enough to be a dame yet <laughs> she doesn't even have letters after her name does she I mean really no no exactly yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, we we asked her that you're obviously an important camp because you're setting out. You know, twelve months away from uh, from the World Cup. Can you let us into any of those little secrets? The sort of path. I mean, I was suggesting to her that you know what what is what would be the plan for the next twelve months? Is it to literally we've got to beat everybody because get that winning feeling going, or is it about performance or a little bit of mix of both? Oh, good question. Um... I think, you know, it's when you, you talk about World Cups where obviously, like every, like you said, everybody's 12 months out and in very different times to so probably how we've previously prepped for a World Cup. I think um, there's two things, isn't it? Like, you want to breed a winning mentality. That's really, really important, especially the closer you get because as, as a squad, you really you want to have that behind you. I think probably for us as senior players, you, you also know sometimes that doesn't really mean a lot if, unless the performances are also starting to match that. I think that for me is, is definitely different as I've got older. Is actually I wanted to be playing well, so yes, obviously we want to go and continue like the opportunity to play France. You know, keep getting kind of the mental edges and and playing and playing teams that are going to be up there come the end stages of the World Cup. But I think also it's really really important that we keep kicking on in terms of our performance and actually 
that for me is the thing that I want to see from us as a group of players that we're like the stuff we're doing at clubs we're bringing back to England and we're really start to kind of move move our game on good well let, let, let's let's park England because we'll chat no doubt um, over the next few months with those rearranged um, Six Nations fixtures and autumn fixtures let's uh, let's get into sale sharks how's it all yeah. going yeah, I mean, it, it's literally great. I mean, that's the sun's out, the sun's out for the majority of the training sessions that we've done so far. <laughs> so it's literally, we've all been like living this great life of shorts and, and vests training on an evening. Um, but no, it's really something to come together. You know, the opportunity to actually meet my teammates has been great. Um, and then we're starting to now get a really good, um, oh, Johnny, sorry, that was the track they cut the glass. <laughs> that's fine. Well, you're... Uh, could you could you tell your gardener just to keep it down for a few minutes while we do the interview? Because <laughs> she's a dame, she's got a tractor cutting her uh, huge horns. Unbelievable! Yeah, my lawn. How the how the other half live? A hey, birth. Jeez! Wow! 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 <laughs> How's it's... that salary cap going at sale? Anyway, um... <laughs> yeah, it's a pile next year, mate. We're good. <laughs> there is no way I'm chopping any of this out. Do carry on, Katie. It was nice nice that you're getting getting to meet your teammates. Obviously, getting to meet everybody. Um, obviously, like, like Rachel, know at the beginning, you were obviously in smaller groups. So for us, I think that was probably quite cool because not everybody had met, so people have come across each other, but not everybody had met officially. And then obviously moved into the next stage, get got us an opportunity just to start running some shape and some patterns. And it's great. I've got some really, really good girls in the squad. I've got some really good uh, Welsh girls <laughs> that, that travel that are just like fun to be around. A bit actually, a little bit of youth, but a lot of youth. Uh, everybody is younger than me. Uh, <laughs> and just a lot, a lot of talent. And I think it's great. It's, it's nice to be in a, an environment where everybody is starting from the same place. We're all in this club from the beginning and, and obviously wanted to grow. And, and being in Carrington in this facility where the guys are, is, um, it's a match on it. You know, the pitches are like really flat and even. We've got a great gym. You need to come out of the gym onto the training pitch. So I think we're really lucky in, in kind of all those respects. And it will be just good to get the season kind of up and running and to see where we are in relation to the other teams as well. So, Katie, my question to you, being a new team, um, what would be, you know, success for you this season? What, and what sort of expectations are you, you going to set yourselves as a group? Uh, yeah, I think for, for us, you know, we, we want to win games. I think it's about being realistic, though. I think you look at the table every year and there's always going to be a top half and a bottom half. That's for sure. I think for us as a group, you know, we, you want to target kind of the teams in our region. So, you Worcesters. Um, and I think probably you look at the top four from last year. So, obviously, Loughborough, um, Wasps, Sirens and, and yourself. I think we just want, you want to be competitive. I think we want you down to... Uh, come to the north and really experience the game and I think if we can do that then hopefully the score itself will take care of itself in terms of where we sit uh, but uh, yeah it's about being realistic I think we want to, we don't want to be on the bottom of the table come this time next year um, and making sure we, we give ourselves an opportunity to build and, and keep building on performances week in week out I think for us we've just got to be clever on how we measure measure ourselves um, and just to make sure that we, we keep improving as a group and a squad, because actually this not, nobody's going to have had any pre-season games. So for us, we still haven't played any games, whereas you think like all the other teams will have played games other than even Exeter have played. Um, yeah. So it's just a, it's a, it's about being realistic, but I think we're competitive, and I, I certainly am, and I think probably that's where Darren um, had a programme, it is great at that, it's about being realistic, but also like he wants, he wants to see improvement from us as a group. 
Yeah. Well, I think if they've got anybody who's going to be competitive, it's certainly you. And um, <laughs> you're going to definitely pull them along. But I mean, it's like for you, you've probably done this role for a lot of your career anyway, that kind of player-coach role. Do you feel that you're going to do anything differently or, or not? Um, I find it really interesting. I think, like you say, as like older backs and half-backs inside centre roles, you do end up kind of always speaking and, and being involved in things. I think, for me, maybe just having the title of coach, that for me, I, I want to give more back. I'm really conscious about like what I say, how I say it, the type of background that we want to be as well, and then what can I do? How can I help us achieve that? Um, and I, I think I definitely think the game interests me in a different way now from a coaching perspective of kind of like being in England sessions and listening to how Scott and Vince and Amy PR are chatting to the group. Like, I'm like, right, oh, that's interesting. How can I use that? What they've said, like things like that was, I think sometimes when I was just the player, I was probably oblivious to all of those things. I wanted to ask, Katie, I mean, you're not, you're not someone, I know you reasonably well and obviously commentated only for many years. Um, including in a, in a World Cup final. Pressure doesn't seem to, certainly on the surface, affect you a great deal. But effectively, you know, this club, with, with great ambitions, um, reasonably, reasonably big pockets um, and what have you, and good people at the, at the top running stuff, they basically built, brought you in to build an entire franchise around you. Now, I, I know you'll probably shy away from the question, but... Are you feeling any pressure with that? Because that is a, a huge responsibility, and and it's I suspect something you you haven't really experienced before. Um, I think I think for me the, the element of the kind of pressure question. Yes, there is there is now of pressure. Don't get me wrong. Like, I've come from Loughborough. I've come here. Obviously, this team um, starting right at the beginning, kind of. And I know there's probably there is an element of this club wants to do well. I think the, the perk for me is that you've got owners and a group that are realistic um, and in terms of proper actual pressure do I feel ultimately my job is about as a 10 when I play it's about facilitating others and making kind of the team tick so actually, I don't have the pressure of like say if you, I was a winger where they're like oh my god they're expected to score 25 tries this season or a goal from 18 years that kind of pressure isn't on me or my game so actually the bits that um, I can control are all about making everybody else tick, making sure that we're going forward, making sure the kind of things that we've worked on in training and start to help implement the game. Um, so I don't necessarily feel any different pressure to what I would have felt playing for DMP or Loughborough or playing for England. Just kind of have to go out and, and keep making sure that, that the team is, is working to the same goal. Um, in terms of the other bits, the off-field stuff in terms of like the club and, and obviously it's got me here for my name as well in terms of the women's game about helping to grow in the northwest, you know, this is a massive rugby league hub, and actually, we want to change that. We want to give young girls to aspire to come and play for sale, um, and to kind of keep growing the women's game as a whole. So actually, that's the kind of stuff that I really enjoy doing. Work with different elements of sale sharks or in their their trust as well. Uh, that that's really important to me as well. So actually, all the pressure isn't kind of. For me, it doesn't feel like pressure. It just is opportunity. It's opportunity to really grow this club from the beginning. It's opportunity to really grow rugby in the northwest. I've just got one more question. Other than you, obviously, who? What have you got? A couple of players that we should look out for this year. And this is a oh, yeah. point of view, more of a fan's point of view to look I out think, for. Um, so he's got some Gwenny P, uh, Welsh P. Okay. I think she might be one of my new favourite people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> big nice girl, Central World. 
yeah, she's really lovely to me. But that's like just a really good person. And I think for me, I think hopefully her being in this environment hit some really, really good, good lines uh, can carry well. Um, you know, we've got the likes of Lisa Newman, Welsh winger, lady uh, playing for Ireland. So we've got some good internationals. But I also just think, you know, we've got some really, really solid club players. Beth Stafford played for Barbarians as, a, as an uncap. Uh, Laura Pellman has been at Waterloo for a number of years. I think hopefully having built, having a nine and ten, you've got Mari Grieve as well, who was in Scotland. You know, I think hopefully putting all these people together in one group and actually put my job is to drive that forward. I think all of them, I mean, I've listed about five or six there. Um, <laughs> I think you will see some really, really great performances from this season. Okay, and if they don't have any shout at them. <laughs> you have to tell him that he talks them up now on the women's rugby course, yeah. which is like worldwide. Everybody listens I'm to just, it. Literally, Pez will be going wild for it, Laura Pez. <laughs> like, I just mentioned you. You better catch the ball and train. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, um, as ever, you sound on, on sparkling form. It's really, really good to uh, to hear. Thank you so much for your your time, and uh, hopefully, we will see you on the touchline very, very soon. Good luck with with everything up at sale and with the Red Roses. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Cheers, guys. A pleasure, as always. Not the clearest line uh, we've ever had, so hopefully we've we, we picked up most of that. But as ever, such clarity of, of thought in terms of the game of rugby from Katie. I know you, you know her incredibly well. I'm, I'm really, really super excited for her. You know, a, a new challenge, and to, to get that kind of challenge, that level of challenge... Um, I know you you had similar with you know, with Harlequins and starting up that program, but you integrated into to to Aylesford and what have you. Um, but this is literally here's a club. It's like that film with Kevin Costner. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, Field of Dreams. Build it and they will come. Um, where you know, they have literally signed Katie and said, right, we are building an entire franchise around her. It's really really exciting. Yeah, it is. And, and she's such the right person to do it. You know, the North West and the North in general means so much to her. So you know that you're going to get tenfold back from her. Just hearing her you know, talking about what she wants to do off the pitch, let alone what she wants to do on it. She wants to really drive the community, really drive women's rugby in that area. And the great thing is she's working with a club that have been there and done that. You know, the men's side started from scratch, built their way up. Um, you know, now become a very strong side within the men's setup, and and I'm pretty sure that they'll have the exact same ambitions for the women's side. So, and you know, Kate talked about having those realistic goals. Again, that helps from having understanding owners and people within the game to know that it's going to take time to grow, but they've understood about having the right people, getting the important people in, in order to establish that club to to pull people in. Um, and to, to grow it. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how she goes. And, and as I mentioned, you know, when you become a senior player, you, you, you're already doing a player coach role without the official title. You know, she would have been coaching for a number of years at DMP, at Loughborough, the, the younger players around her, the maybe less experienced players around her, and also at Red Roses, she would have been looking after players there. So it won't be too different to her what she's already been doing um, on the pitch. I guess she just wants to do maybe more off the pitch as well. But I'm really excited to see how she goes. Obviously, not too much because we're we'll be coming up against them at some point. Um, but no, I think she's she's going to be a fabulous coach in the future. Yeah, and just uh, just in case you didn't hear correctly, Katie, she said senior player, not senior citizen. <laughs> Thank you.
Plenty of news to uh, let you know about in the world, in the overworld, from near and far, all around the globe. Let's start with uh, the Six Nations. The remaining fixtures for the 2020 tournament have been announced. Round four on the 25th of October. Scotland will play France at uh, 2.05 at Scotland and Ireland will take on Italy at Donnybrook. 1pm kickoff for that one. Round five, 1st of November. Ireland travel to France for a 1.30 kickoff. Wales play Scotland at 4.15 and Italy host England at 5pm in Parma. And that one is free to air on Sky Sports and YouTube. And the whole thing is wrapped up on the 6th of December as Italy complete their campaign with a visit of Scotland at 6pm again in Parma. Birth, we're, um, what, five, six months down the line now from the original fixtures, which overlapped constantly. Why, oh why... We're still having fixtures overlapping each other. So you can watch the first half of one game, but then you'd have to change over to watch the second half of the other game. What, what, why is this still happening? I don't know. And I'm really disappointed, considering how much noise was made. You know, ourselves were talking about it. There was lots of players um, calling it out, Scrum Queens, Annie Dolony. You know, so I just, I just don't understand. And I think... Six Nations should come out of a statement to why why they've scheduled it the way that they have, so we can understand, have some clarity, and move on from it. Or we keep putting the pressure on. We need to know one way or another. Now, obviously, having worked for one of the biggest broadcasters for for two decades, I understand the power that they wield in in, in pushing fixtures to certain times. And often, fans are, oh, well, you know, I, I don't want to watch my team on a Friday night or Thursday night or whatever it is. But if you are paying millions and millions and millions of pounds for the rights to certain competitions, then possibly you have some kind of right over when the fixtures are played to, to suit you. That isn't the case in the Women's Six Nations. I, I mean, we we don't know who's broadcasting it. Um, Sky are doing the, the England game. Outside of that, I think there's some, some coverage in Ireland. But there isn't one big... <laughs> You know, production company or, or TV station saying we've we've pumped in millions, therefore these fixtures are going to be at this time. I I, I don't I don't understand how uh, a Six Nations committee can't come together with the unions and actually put together a proposal where the games aren't clashing. It just seems completely and utterly counterintuitive. I, I think we're both sitting here with no answers because we can't really actually come up with you know, a rational reason why. They wouldn't stagger it so that we could watch the whole of one game and then watch the next game, like you do in any men's competition. It's very rarely does it ever overlap. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 if if ever, um, if ever, you're right. This gets sorted out, and perhaps uh, once these games are underway, we we, we might get the the, the head of the tournament, uh, Ivanja Branka. Uh, on the pod to to try and answer some of these questions and, and where the where the, the, the where the tournament is moving forward and, and where he feels it needs to, to properly move forward, we might get, get some answers. So why don't we pencil Ivan in uh, for a pod during those uh, those Six Nations fixtures. Um, anyway, speaking of uh, fixtures, in the autumn, the referees for the women's autumn tests have been announced. Holly Davidson from uh, the SIU, Aurelien Grosilou from, uh, from France, Sarah Cox from the RFU, Joy Neville from Ireland, Clara Murnini, from Italy and Nikki O'Donnell. Joe Neville will uh, make history as the first female TMO for a men's test match during the autumn series. And Davidson and Neville have been appointed to take charge of those England against France tests. 
News from Ireland, Adam Grigg put together a 34-player squad which met up at the weekend. And the headline from that squad was the return of Claire Malloy, the former Ireland captain, took a year-long sabbatical, of course, to concentrate on her medical career and doodling as well. Outstanding artist. As well as Doctor, no doubt. Ulster's Claire McLaughlin, Del Marne and Alfie McDermott missed the camp and they'll miss the, uh, the games in the autumn as well. Outside of those three, it's a really good-looking squad on paper, isn't it? With the likes of Lyons, Capeless, Pete, Parsons, Dugang, uh, and Naupu, of course, uh, many of those friends of the pod. Ireland, of course, will host Italy on the 25th of October before rounding out their Six Nations campaign away to France on the 1st of November. The 2021 World Cup European qualifier are scheduled to be played as a single round-robin tournament. Of course, that is huge, isn't it, for Italy, Ireland and Scotland. And those weekends are in December 5th, 12th and 19th of December. Also in Ireland, some really, really exciting news here. There's bigger news coming this week as well. Ireland's first and only independent rugby academy has been started with the likes of Alison Miller and Jenny Murphy. Both have been on the pod, of course. Really exciting plans for the women's game. We've been promised an announcement, as I said, this week. Rest assured, we'll bring you all the news here on the WRP. And let's take ourselves to the other side of the world, to Australia. Just on what we announced last week with Charlotte Catholic signing for the Sydney Roosters and Elia Green signing for the New Zealand Warriors. But we forgot to mention Ivani Polite also signed for the New Zealand Warriors. And across the Tasman, the Far Up Palmer Cup round four. Well, what a result for Northland. One of their finest results in the competition to date beating Counties Manukau 32-20, their first win of the season. Manawatu kept up their playoff hopes with a 31-28 win over Wellington. Veteran Silika Winiata's boot was decisive in that one. Canterbury remained unbeaten, having brushed aside Hawks Bay 72-15. There was another big win for Otago as Tasman were dispatched 67-24. Auckland scored 72 unanswered points over their neighbours, North Harbour. Bay of Plenty were also high, on high-scoring form with their 73-17 win over Taranaki. All that means Auckland are leading the way in the North Pole, while Canterbury are setting the pace down south. This weekend, Round 5 includes Canterbury taking on Wellington for the Stewart Trophy. Back to domestic matters. Some more signings to, uh, to get up to date with over at Wasps. Meg Jones, I know she signed early uh, last week, but uh, we'd finished recording, so would be remiss not to mention her quality player. Remember her from the 2017 World Cup? She was outstanding. And Ellie Kildun, um, who I know we mentioned at the end of last season, saying players we want to look out for. And yeah, Ellie's back in the 15s now. Uh, they've also announced a partnership with Reading Abbey RFC. So some very, very shrewd work by Giselle Mather. And some big names extending their stay at Saracens. Red Rose, Marley Packer, also new mum. Sarah McKenna and Zoe Harrison. Emma Uren, the England Sevens player, joins, as does Fee McIntosh, the England under-20 and former Richmond second row. Emma Soares has also returned to the club. Yeah, up at Loughborough Lightning, they've signed Anne Staunton, the uh, former Saracens. And DMP Durham Sharks. Seven of last year's development players have been promoted to the Sharks' senior squad. Megan Gardner, Cara Cookland, 
Alana Bainbridge, Amy Lazell, Lauren Fisher, Chloe Broom, and Dana Ryan Munden. And they've just announced a new academy structure with eight young girls being the first intake. News keeps coming from DMP. 13 backs have re-signed to the club, including Georgia Roberts and Beth Blacklock, of course, added to the four girls promoted from that development squad. And 11 forwards with the likes of Lisa Cockburn in there as well. They've re-signed... And, of course, adding to those the three promoted girls from the development squad. Staying on the Premier 15, it's time to get our second guest on the show now. Let's go down to the Southwest and the Exeter Chiefs women's side. So joining us on the pod now, uh, the other new outfit from the uh, the Premier 15s. Absolutely delighted um, to be joined by Susie Appleby. Susie, how, how are you? How's things down in the southwest? Oh, it's lovely. It's only just stopped being about 25 degrees. So it's absolutely glorious down here. Oh, lovely. And a lot of cream teas. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Far too many. Which, which, which bit's first? The cream oh, I'm not, not going to answer that because I got it wrong last you time. You did get it wrong. Oh, That's no. exactly why I've asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope you brushed up your uh, your cream tea game anyway. Um, yes, of course. Cream so, tea etiquette. Yeah, indeed. Um, look, we'll, we'll, we'll dive straight in. Um, yeah. Weird old time, but you, you, your focus is obviously starting a starting a franchise, starting a club effectively from, from the ground up. Um, how's it all going? How, what are the biggest challenges so far? Okay, well... As if there weren't going to be challenges enough, um, uh, but starting a brand new team to go into the top flight. Um, yeah, then COVID came along. So I can't even remember. It's so long ago since um, we we discussed as a group. But, um, you know, it's been a busy old time. Um, pre-season has been different, but really, really fun. Um, and that's what we've tried to focus on, the fun, the fun bit. Um, getting to know each other, getting to know some patterns of play. Um, still got some personnel meeting um, missing, but, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to go uh, control the controllables, um, which in the past I haven't been very good at. So it's been a real work on for me going, you know what, I can't affect this. Let's get on. So, as I said, so there's been really, really positive stuff going on down here. And we've tried to keep things, you know, at Exeter Chiefs full stop as as same as they were they were meant to be if that makes sense. So, you know, although yeah. we're having to train separately from where the boys are, um, we've tried to keep the feel of it um, the same. Um, so, as I said, massive, massive positives, um, despite the challenges. It's a really, really strong brand, the, uh, the Extra Chiefs brand. And, of course, uh, the boys are doing reasonably well at the moment, aren't they? Um, <laughs> just got yeah. themselves in the European final. And, yeah, uh, Rob and Ali and... and um, uh, Mr. Baxter, um, people I know reasonably well, and really, really strong culture there. Is have you just been embraced into that uh, that that entire family with with a with a big Tony Rowe cuddle, or do, do you feel a little bit a little bit more separate? Um, we have, we have. I've just been in a meeting with Tony actually and Rob, um, just about the the stage three of getting on the field, you know, and the logistics behind it, the clashing of games, and therefore what we're going to do about it, all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's, uh, there's, there's more logistical challenges, you know, we're more, rather than having the cuddles, we're more waving from a slight distance. <laughs> it was um, metaphorical. But there's, yeah, 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 <laughs> of course. Um, but you know, the boys have been in, um, as in the coaches, I should say, have been in delivering a bit, um, until we've got to the latter stages of, um, Heineken cup and, um, and the league, just because 
they can't afford any slip-ups now, obviously, you know, a, yeah. few, a few positive tests and it's going to ruin their season. So um, so they have been in. We've now had to pull back and be a little bit more separate. But as soon as we get beyond these finals, fingers crossed with some silverware for the boys um, and things, fingers crossed, start to progress in a positive way regarding COVID, it's, it's very much still the joined up approach. So yes, it's separate and it's not what it was meant to look like. But for example, you know, we'll have our headshots up along the stairwell much like the boys so you know that that bit is is still the same the good you know much like up at Quinn's with Berth and them um the girls full full um profiles will be in the shop alongside the boys so everything that is physically capable of being done is being done you know we've got uh, the head chef came out off furlough to provide our food last week so it's just an incredible atmosphere still to be a part of despite the miss the bits that are missing yeah, I can hear. I, we're, we've, we're going through similar measures. It's like nothing is at the moment what it's meant to be, is it just generally? So let yeah. alone being able to try to get the programmes up and running. I'm interested to know how your, your internationals are settling in. Obviously, starting as a new club in a year of COVID, a year out from World yeah. Cup, recruitment was always going to be quite difficult for you. But you've got some absolute, um, you know, stalwarts of the, the women's game. I mean, how are they all settling in now? Yeah, well, they're at different stages, Beth. So, um, you know, I mean, Patricia, well, Linda van der Velden was first to arrive. Linda brings, oh, she's just amazing, you know. She sounds English, virtually. Um, she brings this amazing, <laughs> massive, well, she is massive, but she brings massive energy as well. And she brings culture. She brings, um, uh, in terms of, you know, the discipline on the field, just from a training perspective, that makes sense. So that's been with us from the off, from her, you know, as an international athlete, which has been really beneficial for us. Then followed the Spanish who came over overland in their um, in their VW, which is just hilarious, <laughs> you know, and they've come in and Berth, you, know, you and I have hung out with Patricia for a long time, haven't we? I mean, she's yeah. just amazing, you know. And again, these players that we kind of targeted but you know approached us as well because they're in a world cup year and they wanted to play the best rugby etc cetera, etc cetera. they've brought in exactly so far what we expected which was just hit the ground running you know because they're really good players they're really good people they've embraced the culture that we're trying to create here at chiefs um they're obsessed by watching the men already do you know what i mean and <laughs> just trying to be a because in ricky pello's come up and doing a session with patricia so she's now his best friend so you know what i mean it's just um those guys have really been um, just uh, uh, fabulous now. Now, now we're getting a few more out of, um, out of quarantine with two weeks to go. So the difficulty there is, is, is gluing it all together in a very, very short space of time now. Um, but not having unrealistic expectations that it's a season that we're playing in and then season two and season three and not yeah. expecting it to all come at once because it's literally not going to. And it could be an absolute disaster come October the 10th but you know we're going to have fun doing it and then you know we're only going to get better because we're going to get to know each other on and off the field so but you know those players that are coming in are just bringing exactly what we hoped and expected them to which is that experience the confidence I think in a in a group where we have got some younger players who are a little bit nervous and a bit unconfident and actually having those other players around who just ooze confidence? They've been there, they've done that, they've played prem, they've played over, you know, played international, and they've just gone, hey, here we are, and we love this league that we're going to be a part of, which is all brilliant. Brilliant. You, you say Susie, it could be a, uh, a disaster. None of us uh, believe that, but um, with your <laughs> coaching pedigree, but in terms of, I can sort of try and narrow you down to. 
to three things that you've targeted that you need to get right to to be competitive in the Premier 15s on the field? On, on or off the field? Oh, I, I, combo, you... if you like. OK, so I think on the field and especially watching the Super Rugby and then the boys come back into the Prem, etc., etc., and um, the breakdown is massive, isn't it? I mean, it never, it, it always has been, but even more so now. If we, if we, you know, we can put in patterns of play, you can try and bring this in, that, and then the other, but actually we're bringing in rugby players that hopefully are competent around the breakdown. Now, if we can be competent around there and we can be competitive, then we give ourselves a chance, no matter what else is going on. And I'm sure Berth will agree with that because she's been in this league for long enough. So, you know, you then... Um, add on to that and it's about layering on isn't it so if we can just work as hard as we can on our skills then that's step two I think and I think we we are obviously layering on shape from an attacking and a defensive perspective but that's the bit that's the unknown and that we almost can't control we can try and put in as much as we can but there are only so many hours in the day and days within any week you know that we've had access to the girls so I think in that order Johnny, if that makes sense, then on on field is probably you know what we're looking at now. Off field, and um, uh, I know you made comment to it um, on Twitter. You know, we had a most fantastic weekend down at the River Dart, who um, are just amazing, amazing people down there. And that off field stuff, I, we hope is going to translate onto the field. So those girls were working in groups, and they were standing next to someone, and I now know potentially how to work better with my friend that I went down to River, River Dart with and did um, either you know, a complex thing that I had to do in terms of my mind or actually I had to be courageous because I was pulling a tractor type thing and now I know that I want to work well or hard with my friend. Sorry, that's quite a long-winded answer, but I hope it kind of starts <laughs> to make sense. My, my, my answers are always long-winded. I do apologise. No, don't be silly. All right, it's I'll, fascinating. I'll give, I'll give you a question that you can be really snappy with. Give us... Yeah, go on. Um, outside of... The obvious, you know, we know what Patricia Garcia can do in the pitch. Give us one or two players, you know, maybe the youth or maybe the, um, you know, homegrown talent that we should look out for this year. Okay, so I'm looking at her right now. She's called Flo Robinson. Um, I think she's was at you oh, with you for a little bit. Up yeah, I know Flo. Yeah, so she's come down to uni here, Birth. So that's oh, really brilliant. exciting because I, you know, she's been in the under twenties a bit as a nine. She has fabulous skills and I'm yeah. really excited to see what she can do with a bit more confidence and some exposure to senior rugby with some decent players around us to support her and guide her. So there's one. Um, we've got another one, Abby Middlebrook, who's come through um, the college and is one of our apprentices and is going into the front row for the first time in senior rugby. So, you know, we're obviously going to have to to tread carefully with that one because it's a whole different ball game compared to, you know, junior rugby. But she is already in the TDG. She's got a big future ahead of her. So those are two that I just have a little have a little watch out for them and see, you know, see where it's going to take us. You heard it here Brilliant. first. Susie. <laughs> well, let's you. hope for. <laughs> thank you, Luke. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll let you get back to, to, to training. Thank you so much for for joining us and giving us a, a, an update on, on what's going on down at Exeter. And uh, we'll, we'll hopefully um, catch up with you a few months into the season and, and, and see, see how things are going. But uh, in the meantime, uh, continue to top up on the tan. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Don't thanks be silly. Thanks, Take Susie. Care. Cheers. OK, cool. See bye. you soon, bye. 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 Great to have Susie on the pod. And no surprise that um, Tony Rowe, the, the owner of Exeter Chiefs and, and Rob Baxter... 
fully embracing the the, the women's section of, of the club and, and trying to do it in the extra way. I know in the press releases about their players and what have you, there's a you know, there's a real focus on 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 people with connections to the area, living in the area, you know, studying in the area. That's really really important for the men and the women's side for for the entire club. So yeah, I, I'm I'm again looking forward like like with Sale and Katie Day I'm really looking forward to seeing what what they can bring and. You know Susie, Susie well, Berth. Yeah, in terms of pulling a squad together, and I the, did a, a fun weekend doing bits and pieces and, and building rafts and pulling cannons and, and all the rest of it. She's a very, very good person, a people person to, to get those kind of things going together. And that's probably the, the first and most important step right now for, for that team. Yeah, I think so. Same, similar with Katie, you know, um, they need to bring their team together. They they're still waiting to actually get some people out of quarantine and, and things like that. But I think the history of what the club has done in the past, you know, when Exeter first came up, nobody was expecting them to probably be where they are right now. And it's going to, that that kind of mentality about building a team, working towards something, you know, there's going to be nerves at the start of this season for, for both of those clubs. And, and Susie alluded to, you know, we, we are worried, but it's a long-term game. They're not just looking, you know, at this one year. It's about year two, year three. And as long as they're always going in, in an up direction, then the club's going to be happy because it's a, it's a type of, you know, they're investing in the local talent. They've got this, um, you know, the scholarship or the um, apprentice, sorry, that they're working with local talent to build, bring them on. So it is a really exciting prospect. And, and I think it's really good that both both clubs, they want to be competitive. They want to be, you know, a team that is attractive within the, um, within the Premier 15s. But at the same time, they're realistic. They're, they understand of how competitive and how strong um, the other eight teams have been and been playing in this league together. Um, so I'm really excited for it again, just like um, Sale Sharks. But I think all the support that Susie has around her, it sounds like they're well invested, you know, supporting, coming, doing different sessions, just being in meetings and understanding. And I'm sure there's a lot of crossover for Susie also going in and learning some stuff from the men's game and what they're doing um, to bring it into her own programme. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting journey for them in the first um, year. And hopefully, you know, we get the league up and running and that first game, we'll see where everybody's at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, great to hear that uh, Rob Bax is going, going down and doing some sessions and what have you. Did you get Paul Gustard down at uh, down the Lensbury at all? He, he loves to come and do a defence session with us. He loves to. <laughs> <laughs> There's no surprise there whatsoever. <laughs> I'm Shani Williams, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Yeah, massive thank you to Susie Appleby from Exeter and to Katie Daly McLean for their time on uh, this week's pod and just getting us a, a little flavour of what's going on with those uh, two new clubs as we are virtually on the verge, we think, we hope, we pray, the start of the uh, Premier 15s. Also, a big thank you to Manchester RFC's kind invitation. Perhaps one day when we can all move around freely, we will go up there. And to hashtag Rugby Saracens for your kind recommendation. What's coming up next week for us, Berth? Well, we've got the leaders of the pack joining us next week. We're going to be speaking to new head coach of Harlequins Women's, Gerard Mullin, as well as the well-known Red Rose and Saracens player, Marley Packer, New mum, so looking forward to catching up with her. But also we're going to be talking to Flo Williams, that a few of you will have heard about, her hashtag enough campaign. 
Yeah, I spoke to Flo and was was quite conscious in my experience of being involved with rugby. Um, the initial noise is is always very very good and very very positive. But when you drill down with uh, with these things, whether it be sponsorship or people doing the right thing, a couple of weeks later or a little bit on with time, things aren't quite so loud and vociferous. So it'd be really interesting to see how the uh, hashtag Enough campaign has uh, has been carrying on since. Uh, this is at a start-up with, uh, with Ireland and Canterbury. So, yeah, it'd be good to, to speak to Flo Williams on that one. You can also access the, uh, the podcast, the WRP, through Amazon now, as well as all the usual suspects. And I don't know if you saw my, my post, Berth, but I, I stumbled across on SoundCloud uh, a way of finding out where our listeners are from. Did you see that? I did see that. Impressive. Away. Blown away. We're now in Finland and... Uh, couple more islands into the mix Gibraltar and the Isle of Man as well so uh, yes keep spreading the word and we will keep spreading you with the good news that is in around the women's game yes so don't forget to subscribe to our our podcast but also follow us on social media at pod women's rugby we will see you next week until next time